but okay Oh, here comes a couple more. Well, let's go to our text here today, the Colossians chapter 1. And and I'll talk about it here in a little bit. Okay. So, but here in Colossians chapter 1, um, it says... In verse, I won't read the whole passage, I'll just read part, portion of it. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. And so in it, it says, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. And now, kids, what, uh, what do you think of with the word hope? Anybody have a definition or a thought that you may have when you say, when you hear the word hope? Well, it's the hope that I don't have to be set on the stage, right? Okay, I won't look at you. It's okay. What you got? Okay, how about, is there anything that you hope for? You have something or are you just waving? Well, you know, summer's a good time. A lot of times, man, in the morning, it's just cool and you're enjoying it and we're sitting here and we can just relax, right? Just hang out. This is nice, right, guys? Just hanging out. Hope's kind of hard to define, isn't it? How about faith? How about faith? Now we're going to talk about the Christian triad, faith, hope, and love. So, I don't know, I was reading a lot about hope, and, and I was going back and looking over it this morning, kids, and anybody know someone named Hope? Huh? You do? Okay. Yeah. About faith. Yeah. So you know what faith is? It's hard to define, isn't it? So maybe Pastor Lee should do it. In that passage it says, because the hope laid up for you that is laid up for you in the heavens, all the translations say singular. The Greek, it's plural. But heaven, we know where it is. Eternity with Christ, right? So our hope is with Jesus, right? Maybe not necessarily right now, but it's with... I mean, we don't see it right now, but we know it's coming. It has an eschological perspective. Anybody know what that word means? It means future things that are promised. And so our faith is in who? Who's our faith in, kids? God. And... When we, we just sang a song, Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Right? Holy Spirit, right? 
three and one, right? And, and so when, when we look at God, we need to think specifically, kids, of who? The Son. God the Son, right? Who's God the Son? Jesus. All right. So what do you guys hope to do this summer? Anybody? What? Heard swim. Yeah, the town pool keeps getting pushed back when it's going to open. Yeah, soon we're going to swim in our pool. Oh, soon we're going to swim in our pool. Which we already did. You already did? Uh-huh. So that, you know what that's called? What? Hope that's realized. It actually happened. Did, yeah. did you think it would happen? Yeah, why? Because the drain first unplugged and then a mom. Your mom was working on it? Yeah. So you had, you trusted your parents were going to get it ready? Yeah. Okay. Anybody else have something you hope for this summer? working to get in the pool. They were working on it so you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's make an illustration out of that. We can't see it, but we know that God is working, right? Now, could you see your parents doing it? Yeah, so it was really close. Earlier this winter, you probably were like, hope we get to go swimming. We'll just have to trust mom and dad will do it, right? Yeah. But then when they were doing, working on the pool, you're saying it's going to happen. No, it was us. You were working on it. You just shot my illustration down, buddy. Okay. Well, we know God is at work, okay? And we know Jesus is at work, and we can trust in Him. And so a real hope, it's not a measly mamby-pamby hope in Jesus. It's a real hope knowing what He has done and what He is doing, okay? So... It is not really something that was on Jesus' tongue that he talked much about. It's more about faith, right? But hope is tied to that faith, or faith is tied to that hope, knowing that that promise of what God said he would do, he's going to do. And so we're able to live with expectation, believing it will happen. And that's just a, a quick definition of hope. Let's pray and I'll let you kids go back. We have some older kid older youth. Man. How's it going? Good. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these young uns and ask that you would watch over and bless them. Lord, we ask that they would understand where to to put their trust, their faith, their belief in uh and that they would understand the great um because of that, the great hope that they can have in you, Lord. Um, a hope that's not just a weak, uh, man, I, I wish, but a, a strong desire to see what we know will happen because of our faith. A strong desire to see that it will happen. And so our hope is strong in you, Lord, and what you've promised. I pray, Lord, that these kids would keep their eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks for bearing with me.
Okay. Sometimes we try to make things work out up here, uh, and they don't. And that's what's fun with kids. Sometimes that's what's fun with kids. Sometimes uh, it can go south, right, pretty fast. So, but you know, kids are a blessing from the Lord, no matter how it goes. We do have a special. Are you ready? Okay, when I realized I had a special, me and Josh were kind of talking, why do we sing in church? And um, yes, it is to quiet your hearts and to glorify him, but it's also to sing praises to him about what he has taught you, what he's done for you, and to sing it back to him. And um, I think it has that really, knowing the backstory of this song, um, it really hits home with that explanation of it because this song was written by a man named Stuart Hamlin and he um, when he became famous he was really struggling with alcohol with gambling he was an alcoholic um, and he went to a revival or whatever by Billy Graham and he actually sat there and talked with him for a couple hours and after his talk with Billy Graham he gave his life to Christ that night. And a lot of his friends in the spotlight had noticed that he did this. And one of his friends, who was John Wayne, um, called him up and wanted to talk to him about it. And when he was talking to John Wayne, he said, well, it is, it's really no secret what God can do for someone. And John Wayne looked at him and said, I think you should write a song about it. And so he sat down and he wrote this song, and it was one of the fastest songs that he ever wrote. And it's one called It Is No Secret. The chimes of time.
Thank you, Molly, for sharing your talent and your thoughts, your heart with us this morning. Uh, we're blessed by it. Thank you. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, that you're still at work and there's nothing to hinder uh, your powerful plan, um, your powerful love. Um, we thank you, Lord, that you are at work, even in some of the simple things today. Uh, some of the simple things throughout our days. And uh, we thank you, Lord. We also thank you, uh, Father, uh, for our brothers and sisters in Christ who, since they heard uh, the testimony of the gospel, the word of truth, um, have been able to, by your power, uh, your strength, your Holy Spirit, to bear fruit. And, which has been increasing, Lord. We thank you for those throughout the world, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, who are are living uh, in the grace, uh, your grace, and who have understand your grace or understood your grace uh, and um, the truth of the gospel. For our fervent workers, our brothers and sisters in Christ, who are working uh, fervently. Um, who are working uh, as hard as they can to proclaim the message of the gospel to those uh, that they've been sent to, Lord. And we ask that you would strengthen and encourage them, Lord. And we ask as we look to your your word that you would guide us, that you would direct us and help us to apply it to our lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Yes, this, this morning as we were sharing prayer requests, one of the things that was mentioned was rain, and it's amazing what a week will do. A lot of times we forget. And of course, you know, we have quite a range of, of area, to be honest, where a half a mile or less, you could have a lot more rain than, than the other half, right? You know, it only takes a little ways to, to have a substantial difference in moisture. And but anyway, we've had pretty decent moisture, I think, uh, at least in Arnold. And a week can make a huge difference. I know uh, last Sunday I was thinking our moisture level was pretty good, uh, but then as we were mowing some yards midweek, about Wednesday, it's like things are kind of dry. We better get the the sprinklers going. And so things can change quite a bit. It doesn't take much, and it doesn't take long. Um, you know, you know, it doesn't take long to, to not only have the need for moisture, but it doesn't take long to have a need in one area or another. And, and that could be bad or it could be good, right? And a large part, it can be good. As I was mentioning earlier, we need to have this desire or this understanding that God is the one in control and that we need Him to provide for us. So it's bad in that we get stressed out. It's good in always knowing that God is the one in control and He is the one who provides all of our needs. Would you agree? Let's just do without the stress. That would be good, right? I, I hear you. Um, but we need to humbly rely on the Lord. And, and we should therefore be people of prayer, not just for ourselves. We must, be, must keep others in our prayers. And so 
we're going to look at a passage this morning where it's, a, it's really a, a written prayer for the people he's writing to. It's to express this is how they, that he prays, as well as this is a prayer for you. And so the challenge this morning for us is that we need to see that the believer must purposefully pray to the Lord for others, for other believers. And this, this prayer life must include thanks for others' faith, and it, it should include or must include prayer for, for others' faith. And so we're going to begin this morning looking at the first portion of this passage, verses 3 through 8 in, in Colossians and see that he was giving God, the Father, thanks for their new faith. He was thanking God for their their new faith. And while this passage is a prayer and an example of how we should pray, which is, right, with thanks, it is full of important doctrinal truths beginning with the believer's focus. And, And he's really thankful... Here, Paul and Timothy, their focus is on prayer, and he's thankful for the focus of these believers as well. But notice here in this passage, and let me begin by reading the first eight verses. Um, We give thanks, Colossians 1 verse 3. We give thanks, main verb here, we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world, also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf, and he also informed us of your love in the Spirit." And so when we come to this passage, and specifically looking at verse 3 and 5 to begin with here, uh, let's look at the believer's focus. That is that Paul and Timothy, their focus of their prayer was thanks to the Father. And so their focus was giving thanks. Giving thanks to the Father, to God. And so it's a prayer of thanks, and this is a frequent prayer that they give. Not just a once and then we're done thanking the Lord but a constant willingness to thank God for what He has done in bringing other people to Himself. And when we look at this, we need to ask ourselves, how often do I thank the Lord for my brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world and here in our local church? Are you thankful for one another? Do you know each other? Sometimes that can be very, very difficult to be thankful now, this is not necessarily a prayer that is nonstop, but it is a frequent and consistent prayer of gratitude for what God has done in these people's lives, as well as the fruit of the Lord in their lives, and really their fruit, therefore, from what God has done. Verse 5, we also see not only do they give thanks to the Father, but thanks, uh, but not, uh, pardon me, The focus, getting back to the focus. The focus of thanks to the Father. The next focus is heaven. 
And the focus is now on the eternal, not the temporal. This is a focus, not a distraction that gives hope for us now. Right? Look at that. That's a causal phrase. Why? I mean, why do they have faith? Why are they able to give thanks? Uh, We heard your faith in Christ and the love which you have for all the saints because this is what they have. They have this love. They have this this, um, faith for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. And so their focus is on that hope which is heavenward. The hope is future. The hope is eternal. And if you think about this, this faith, hope, love, it is eternal. You go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, they will not fade away. It's something we'll always have. It's faith, hope, and love. But here we find that the focus again, uh, the believer's focus is on the eternal, upon heaven, and the riches we have, the eschatological perspective, right? That is the promises of God given through Jesus Christ that we're not left here alone. Of course, we have the Holy Spirit, but someday God's going to make it all right. God is going to make everything perfect and the inheritance that we have in Christ we will receive in full and we will be with him not only is the focus here on the hope which is in which is laid up in heaven but also the gospel look at verse 5 again of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. When you look at this passage, you'll see a central theme again is the word of truth, the gospel, the good news, the message. And so they received the the truth of the good news of God's grace through faith in Jesus. And they received it specifically through Epaphras. But this good news is the truth which stands in stark contrast when you look at the book of Colossians against the false teachings that he's going to deal with later on. And so the good news is the truth. Another, another focus for them is on one another. These believers have love for the brethren. Paul and Timothy, those in his company, the we, whether it's a royal we or it's a we encompassing all the people that he's with, their love for each other. The believers he's talking about and praying for, giving God thanks for, and he himself and his companions love for them. Love, right? This is not a love that says, hey, you guys go fix that, or hey, we're going to take what you have so we can fix something else. But it's actually a love in which there's compassion where you get involved with one another and you care deeply for one another that you want to get into, uh, get involved in their lives and help out personally with self-sacrifice. It's care and concern that goes beyond when necessary. And so, the believer's focus, I believe here in this passage, we could say is to the Father, the thanks to the Father. It's focus on the future. It's a focus on the Gospel. It's a focus on one another. And we find also here in this thanksgiving prayer that there's a believer's triad or how the believers are blessed. They're blessed again, right? We've already said it. Faith, hope, and love. Or in this sequence, we have 
the, the faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints because of the hope. And we see this triad in other, pa- in other passages, pardon me, in other passages. Faith! What is faith? The best definition for faith, kids, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Well, there's hope in the middle of this definition. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. So faith is a belief specifically in Jesus Christ and all in, in His person and His work. What He has done, therefore what He has promised, you believe in that. You trust in Him. You believe that He's forgiven you of your sins. That He has the power because of what He has done that God has given you His grace uh, to you. Not because of what anything you've done, but because of what He has done. And not because you deserve it, but because He is willing by His love and His mercy to grant it to you because of the work of His Son, the Father's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so through the person work of Jesus Christ, and therefore we have hope, again in that passage of Hebrews 11, verse 1, the hope is still again to the future. To the things that we're, we're promised, that we know we will have in the someday whether it's a distant future or not so distant future, and really it's not for all of us, we need to have this idea that it's not so distant, right? It's not that far ahead. We don't know how long we have here on this earth, whether by the Lord's return, or that is the rapture of the church, or we're ushered into His presence. And so hope cannot be dissected from a vision on Jesus and the eternal or that is the future promised by God to the believer. So this hope is laid up for you in the heavens or the heavens or heaven is the storehouse of our future inheritance. And so it is again eternal. It is where we shall be with our Messiah, the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So they have faith and love because of their hope based upon the promises of the word of truth, really also because of their new life in Christ. And so the last of the triad that we have on my list, which really we start out with faith and second would be love, but faith, hope, and love comes a little easier off the tongue, right? Okay, thanks. Towards... This love is towards or for all the saints. And I already, off, off the notes, I, I have already expounded upon love just a little bit, but this love was for their, their local body of believers and for the universal church, all believers. They were somehow showing this and it was out in their lives and it has got back to Paul and Timothy and to the rest, probably through Epaphras and others who have spoken about it. And so it is spoken as well in verse 8, and He also informed us of your love in the Spirit. Okay, so when you look at the Greek, there's a lot of discussion. Well, what is this all saying and how it's structured? And really, I agree with how my translation has Spirit capitalized. It's not their Spirit. It's not them having a love, but the Holy Spirit giving them, them the enablement because of their new life in Christ that they're able to love others. And how many of you find it very difficult to love someone in your own family? Girls, you're not going to raise your hands. Dad's not hard to love. Okay, good. All right. 
There, y'all went up the list just a little bit. All right. There's, it's hard to love, right? And yes, unbelievers can show love and compassion. What about the times when it's the most difficult? It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can love at all times, all people. Now this love is not devoid of truth or justice. Okay? I think that's very important to understand. Love is not just squishy. It's hard. It's self-sacrificing and it does not devoid itself or detach itself from the truth. It does not enable destruction upon people who are going down a path um, that is wrong. You know, a self-destructive path. Moving on, right? Moving on here. Go, let's move on to the reality that uh, what we want to see here is believers' work. The next focus that we find here in this passage, the believers' work. And one is simply receiving the Word. How hard do you have to work to receive something? Well, if you're trying to earn it yourself, it's pretty stinking hard, right? But look at verse 6-8. through eight. It has come to you, just as in all the world also it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing. Now, I can read this passage, but if I jump right in the middle, I can think, well, they're bearing fruit. Well, the Word of God is bearing fruit. Even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras. So Epaphras taught it to them. And it was delivered to them. And so they, they heard it, but then they believed the Word of God. And God does the rest. And so simply receiving the Word, letting the Word of truth grow, the Word of God grew in their lives just as the Word of God grew in the whole world. That is, um, while it wasn't the whole world, we know, right? At that point in time, it was the Roman world and the outlying areas. And already, what we need to see here is Paul's already saying, there's triumphant victory and where the gospel has been spreading, even in Colossae. It's, it's powerful. There's already people, small groups of believers joining together to worship God. We should celebrate and be thankful to God because the Word of God is growing throughout the whole area. It's powerful. And it's growing in their lives. And so it wasn't just in modern day Turkey, but is making a triumphal, profound and triumphal impact upon many pockets, uh, communities, cities, areas, throughout the, the, the area, throughout the, the Roman world and, and beyond. It was Going in them, it was, it was growing, sorry, I can't read. It was growing in them, and it was growing through new pockets of believers, as it still does today. And, it, and then when we look at this, I think it's important for us also, when we look at the believer's work, it is letting the word of truth grow. Okay, Receiving the word. Those are kind of passive. But it leads us to an action of being a bondservant. Look at Epaphras, right? 
being a bondservant or slave of Christ, this book, this letter is tied to Philemon. Epaphras had brought the gospel to him. It was his work. He is now a slave to Jesus Christ. Oh, to be a slave. How many of you wants to be a slave? Sign me up. No? You want to be a bondservant? Bondservant's a little easier word to, to swallow. I want to be a slave like Epaphras to Christ. Do you? Which means what? Obedience. Sometimes sweat. Time. Possibly pain. Maybe even blood. Are you willing to be a servant or rather a slave of Christ? A willing servant committed to obeying Jesus? A person ready to die to proclaim the Gospel? Being ready to die to self? Have you died to sin? We'll talk about more, more about that later. And also, a believer's work is loving others. It is work. Now the Gospel had already made a profound impact in these believers' life, and Paul is thankful for their newfound faith. He thanks God for what God has done in, in and through them. He thanks God for what God has done in the world to change so many lives. Do we purposefully focus on the reality of the changed lives of people today? You know, news can be discouraging. The news can make us laugh and sometimes go, whoa, that was crazy, but phew. <laughs> Did you guys see the video clip of the lady, her dogs, she let her dogs out on the terrace. She had these little yipping dogs and they don't know any better, of course. Okay, sorry people with little dogs. Anyway, they go out there, there's this bear Mama bear, brown bear, I think, and, and a cub, and they're walking on the terrace, and these dogs go yipping out there, and all she sees is a bear, the mother bear is trying to protect its cub, so it swats down at one of them, and this lady, I think her name's Haley, she's a young lady, she goes out there, she sees that, she takes off running towards the bear, and she shoves it off the ledge. And then tries to gather up, because in the video you see the bear fall over, and then he's coming back. We don't know what happens after that, but she starts gathering her dogs up, because they don't know any better, and takes them back in. Good news. I just wanted to share some fun news. How many of you would be willing to uh, be mauled for your dogs? Sometimes we just don't think about it. I don't know if that was very wise. Say, have the yipping dogs. That's what I'd say. No. Anyway, sorry. Okay. But, you know, there's good news. Uh, there's news that, that can be alarming. 150 kids kidnapped in Nigeria. I mean, a lot of news we don't pay attention to because we think, man, we're in bad shape. <sighs> Nigeria. Pray for believers in Nigeria. Pray for the people in Nigeria. Some of the kids were rescued. Uh, there's been kidnappings there frequently. 
I mean, there's, there's news, all sorts of news. But remember with all the news that God is changing the world by changing lives, right? And we can give Him thanks. He is still doing great work. Uh, so the believer, we must purposely pray to the Lord for others, and, and we need to give God thanks. He is working. We know He's working. We know there's new believers, and we long to hear about their stories. I hope we do. This prayer life, this purposeful prayer to the Lord for others should be intercessory. Now we're just going to run through these and we'll come back and revisit them next week. But look at 9 through 14. Now he goes into his consistent, frequent prayer for them. And the content of that is, in t- you know, we have, we have spiritual growth, we have spiritual walk, we have for their spiritual maturity, okay? That is, that they're growing, that they're walking with Jesus. And so, it's important to know doctrine. It's important to know theology. It's important to know the basic facts of the Word of God and all of what the Word of God teaches. And it's important to spend time and personal devotions daily walking with your Savior, spending time in prayer spending time in the Word, allowing the Holy Spirit to move in such a powerful way in your life that you know the Lord is near and guiding you. Right? And both of those really, you could say, those are the outworking that should be seen in verse that number 3, that of spiritual maturity. But He wants to see them be mature and have fruit, bear fruit. Yeah, he wants them to be pleasing to Him in everything. He wants them to bear fruit in every good work, that they were increasing in knowledge of God, that they're strengthened with all power, that they, they themselves are giving thanks to the Father. And let's end today with why we should be giving thanks. And I didn't read these verses, but let me read 13 and 14. Well, let's start at 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified to share us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, for He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And and thirteen and fourteen, solid, sound doctrinal truth. But look at verse twelve. Giving thanks to the Father. Why? Because He has qualified us to share in the rich inheritance. Because He has rescued us from the domain of darkness. Because He has transferred us into Jesus' kingdom of light. Domain of light. And He has redeemed us. And He has forgiven us. Praise the Lord. That's powerful. It's, I believe, a powerful testimony for us to see this written prayer and many that are frequently in Scripture that Paul gives us uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But there's so many things going on in this world today that we can be distracted about the potency or how powerful prayer is. 
So the challenge again for us today is, are you purposeful in your prayer? We want to pray for VBS. Let's give the Lord thanks for our VBS workers. Let's give the Lord thanks for one another and let's pray fervently for one another. And today is Mission Sunday. Let's pray that God will continue to further the gospel through His people and through who have chosen and seen that they were called to be missionaries, that God will use them in a powerful way as we pray He uses us in a powerful way. Regardless, is the gospel of truth is powerful. He's redeemed us. He's forgiven us. Let's be bond servants. And I didn't, we could have spent a whole message on being a slave for Christ. Was that a bad word? Certain context. The good word if we're willing to serve the risen Savior. Is He first in your life? Yeah. Yes? Maybe? Somewhat? Kind of? Absolutely, when I think about it, or I feel like it, I don't know. Let's pray. Lord, we all struggle. So we ask, Father, that you would give us the strength, um, your strength, to follow you as a slave, obedient to your beck and call, obedient to your commands, obedient to you, knowing that it is you and your word that changes lives. You use us, but it is you and your word and your spirit that is able to do the powerful transformation in their lives. We ask, Lord, that you would Uh, Help us to see what we have to be thankful for. One another, for you, for all the things that you've blessed us with. Help us to humbly um, continue to press on, Lord. Um, And I ask, Lord, that from your word today, whatever it is that is needed in the lives of each one of of us in our lives, that that we would listen to uh, what you have to say to us. I ask, Lord, that you'd bless each one as they go out, that you would strengthen and encourage our workers, our missionaries, as well as our VBS workers, um, Lord, that you would, that this wouldn't be just something that we're doing in our, our own strength, but something that we're doing by the pow- your power and for your glory. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for your patience and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. And we have some young men come forward.